0: Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. Today we have our second ever multi-guest episode. We have some sort of uh, round table because I brought on the founders of Hoop, Paul and Laith to talk about the world's first smart basketball hoop. Um, Today we started with their early days playing basketball growing up, and then we dug into how important it is to have a global perspective since both of their families are from different countries around the world. Uh, we talked about their early understanding of that both of their paths were outside of going down the professional basketball player path um, and why they wanted to stick with the sport somehow, some way. Uh, we talked about the previous startup companies that both of them were involved with separately, where the idea for Hoop came from into all the aspects of the product and uh, the beginning of the company. We talked about the price point and why the value that they are delivering is through the roof. We talked about building a team of both employees and investors, uh, and then some of the challenges that they have faced along the way, uh, and then some of the threats and challenges that are coming in the next couple of years here. Also, we discussed the future of hoop. Hint, hint, it could involve other sports outside of basketball and making hoops, pun intended. So appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Paul and Lath, welcome to Sports Business Secrets.
1: Hey, Kevin. Glad to be here. Thanks for having Excited
0: us. Excited to have you guys on. It's rare, but today we're actually getting double the wisdom because we have two guests on. Uh, we've only done it once before with the Slapping Glass guys, and I know today is going be, to be a great one. So uh, as you know, on this podcast, we like to dive behind the scenes and share some sports business and life secrets with the audience that they cannot find online. So I'm going to ask you guys all sorts of questions. We're going to talk about both of your backgrounds and then, of course, share some exciting details about the world's first smart basketball hoop. So before we jump into the conversation here, um, I always give my guests about a minute or so or a minute or two to actually give the audience a background on yourself. So feel free to, whoever wants to go first, uh, give the audience a little bit more background on yourself, where you're from and and how you grew up.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Paul Anton, co-founder at Hoop, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, grew up playing basketball every day. My mom played at Marquette. She was a star of the family. Uh, I was a starting point guard on a high school championship, state championship team here in Wisconsin, and just love the game and want to connect the world through basketball. Hey, guys. I'm Lath,
2: co-founder at Hoop, Uh, originally from Jordan, but I was born in Wisconsin. That's how I know Paul. A little bit of background on myself. I grew up in the Middle East, back and forth between the United States and Jordan, played basketball uh, on my varsity team. And Jordan then continued later on at UWM in Milwaukee. Um, that's a little bit about myself.
0: Love it, love it, awesome! I didn't realize you were a state champion over there, Paul. Yes,
1: yes, that's sir. That's
0: great. That's great, man. Yeah, All right, we, so
1: go ahead. Always been a point guard. Always been a point guard. Won the state our senior year and sort of ended ended my career on a high note.
0: <laughs> love it. Not many people could say that. So. My, my other question before we dive into the business side is, did either of you during high school or your childhood have aspirations to be an NBA player?
1: Yes, 100%. Used to, 100%. Used to play eight hours a day, was just obsessed with the game, used to sleep with the basketball uh, and just literally eat, breathe, sleep the game.
2: Yeah, same here. Watch every game, try to copy the players moves. Um, Paul and I used to play a lot at the gyms. We trained together, um, but uh, never good enough for the league, unfortunately, but knew I wanted to stay in basketball in uh, in the future after that.
0: Great. And so at what point did you realize that, okay, maybe the NBA was not your future, uh, but you wanted to kind of combine that passion for doing something on the business side. So obviously, I think with both of you, it was early on. So it was before college, right? So sometimes I'll have a guest or I'll have a conversation with a college player that at some point in their career realizes, hey, you know, maybe the pro path isn't for me, but for you guys, it started earlier. So so walk me through that process, did, did you end up choosing the schools that you went to based on that mindset or, you know, walk me through that time in your life?
1: yeah I um I won state my senior year got it got a few offers to play at D3 but ended up choosing Boston College because of the education. my parents were like, look you gotta you gotta pursue this. you have an opportunity to go to Boston College um, and that, that's what made the decision for me. But in my freshman year my first week there, Leithe and I, I started playing basketball against each other on Snapchat. So from a thousand miles away we'd played basketball on our cell phones. And literally first week in college, I guess you can say we started. That's when Hoop started, 10, years, 10, 11 years ago on Snapchat.
0: Love it. Leif, what about you?
2: Yeah, for me, um, I had a, a great coach back in Jordan. His name was Robert Taylor. Um, he's a little bit well-known. He coached the Jordanian national team, Lebanese national team, Egyptian national team. So having him as a coach, having me come in in the morning for conditioning, In the afternoon for uh, basketball, and I was playing both varsity and soccer, uh, or basketball varsity and soccer. And he had to, he made me choose between basketball and soccer. I ended up choosing basketball um, because I was so dedicated to that sport. But he said, you know, if you want to take this, where you want to go with it, you got to be serious about, you know, one sport and and developing your skills. I think I realized um, leaving high school and going to college when I got to the states that the skill level was a little bit different. Uh, between uh, Jordan and the United States. And that's kind of where it hit me that I wasn't good enough to carry on.
0: <laughs> no doubt. And, but, and uh, the, the, the international side is really interesting. And and so I want to kind of hear from both of you, your perspective. Like, I mean, we could sit here and talk about s- at, like actual basketball skill sets between international and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get me going on a tangent about, you know, growing up in academies versus AAU, but, you know, talk about how, like how that mindset of having an international background Um, you late from Jordan and then obviously Paul from, from, from Greece as well. Like how, how you think that has impacted um, your success in the business side? Because I, I like to talk about it a lot on, you know, just the agency side and, and, and actually the athletic basketball side, like having an international perspective for anything when you're here in the States, in my opinion is, is uh, invaluable. Right. And not a lot of people that don't get to travel the world don't see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, um, I've always been fortunate enough to live, you know, uh, between two countries, between Jordan and the United States. I'd go back and forth. My father had work in, in both areas, but I was also fortunate enough to travel the world. So um, I think it really helped expose me uh, to multiple cultures, multiple ways of thinking. And it really did help uh, for me on the fundraising side. So I have a network here, but also over there. Um, and it really helps in, in just developing our business, our back of house, just having resources all over the world and as well as international expansion for our company. Uh, I have a lot of people that are willing to help us expand, distribute, and, and get hooped to the masses.
0: What about you, Paul?
1: Yeah, my um for my for myself, I mean, my father's from Greece, my both of my parents are actually, and uh it just when you're when you come from a different place you're you're more humble and willing to learn i think uh we're just always asking questions because we we really don't know what's going on i mean from learning the new language to a new system to a new healthcare system to taxation all all these things we're just constantly asking questions and uh around the dinner table we're always asking each other questions we're never just uh watching tv we're just talking about what we did that day and how this is differs from from greece and we're always willing to learn, I'd say. And
2: just to add to that, I think Paul and I are fortunate enough where our fathers came here before we did. Um, they had it a lot harder than we did they had to learn the language, uh, you know, start from zero. We were blessed to, to be able to experience two cultures. And I think that gave us incredible versatility um, growing up as children and young adults as well.
0: Yeah, I think you both hit it. Great topics on the head there. And, and, and you said versatility. That's, that's actually a great perspective and great way to look at it. But um, network, right? I mean, the buzzword of network, we talk about a lot. But even when I'm talking to some pros and some, some college athletes who are thinking about, okay, you know, maybe I'll try the pro thing for a little bit. I'm not sure if I want to go make small money. I'm not an NBA player. I'm like, well, what do you want to do in life? It's like, I don't care if you want to sell t-shirts um, from the side of the street, right? If you have internet today, and you spend two years in a couple of different countries playing for a couple of teams over there, you know, you meet new people and then you all, then you could potentially have a distributor or you could have somebody that you met that wants to buy one of your t-shirts outside of the States. And so just thinking about it from a global perspective, um, that's huge. and Obviously that translates uh, perfectly to business as well, international business for for, for your product. So, all right, l- let's transition a little bit here um, into closer to talking about Hoop Right before you guys started Hoop, and we're going to hear the actual story for the business idea too. But both of you had various stops at different um, startups and tech companies. So maybe give a little bit of a background on, like, um, you know, where you were at right before you started Hoop, and maybe your role there, and then how that, uh, you know, how that helped you uh, today in your roles at Hoop.
1: Sure. So my senior year of college, we started looking at permits for a digital billboard location in Wisconsin. We ended up getting the permit to own the first independently owned digital billboard in the state. So we had a digital billboard company we founded in 2019, myself, some friends, and a few family members. And we started with one digital billboard, which is like which is like hoop. It's a digital outdoor product with a screen. So we bought all the parts from Asia, built it ourselves, grew to 10 billboards and were acquired after seven years. So first hardware company was a success. Ended up uh pursuing and starting another company called Real Shot, which was an augmented reality basketball game, which allowed people to play basketball remotely through augmented reality glasses on your head. So imagine wearing the Microsoft HoloLens on your head while you're on a basketball court shooting and having these glasses, augment images into the real world, showing you where when you where you made a shot from, whether you made or missed it. And Lathe ended up playing that game in 2019, said, hey, that's pretty cool. But what if we took your game and put a screen on a backboard and uh, that's what my jaw dropped. That's what we were doing before. And then I'll let Leith tell a little bit about what he was doing, but I started a billboard company then an augmented reality gaming company. And then it all led to led to who? Yeah.
2: And just kind of taking
1: a step back, like
2: Paul and I were always thinking about ideas. What can we do um, for, you know, various business ideas? Since we were younger, we would always link up, play basketball and talk business. Um, But a little bit about my background, Um, I was involved in a luxury rideshare app startup. I helped take that uh, to 60 million rides as well as globally. Um, It's now under a separate entity in uh, various countries, but it's doing great. Uh, After I left from there, I joined an artificial intelligence uh, recruitment startup. I was one of the first team members there. Uh, That really enabled me to uh, learn how to build great teams, hire senior talent, uh, learn what makes a company great. Uh, I recruited for companies like HP, IBM, uh, major, you know, global uh, companies. So bringing that experience to who really allowed me to build out our team alongside Paul and and hire A players to help execute on this vision.
0: Man, yeah, both you touched on on various skill sets that I think uh, obviously complement each other very well. So so let's uh, let's jump back into that that original conversation you two had that sparked the idea. So what was the very first time when you guys were like, yeah, wow, this is it. Like this is, this is the idea. So I I think you mentioned, you know, uh, it was, it was Lath's idea or actually that's a good question. Who gets the credit? It's
2: a combination of both. (laughs) Um, you know, started this together, uh, Paul with real shot. And then myself with the actual idea, but it's all about execution. Ideas are ideas. Um, so just kind of going back on the story, Uh, I was there testing out real shot with Paul and we were just shooting around, you know, playing basketball like we usually do around middle of the day. And and I was like, this is really cool. But, you know, at the time at home fitness companies were booming. Uh, We saw, you know, Mir really was a great inspiration to us. And I said, hey, what if we took this game and put this on the backboard? And Paul's jaw dropped almost in front of me to the ground. And we're just like, let's do it. And he pushed me and motivated me to uh, quit my job the following day and, and start building immediately, which we did. Um, I'll let Paul share his his perspective on it, but that, that's yeah, how it I was.
1: I was grinding, like burning the candle at both ends uh, on real shock, thinking this was going to be the, the next big thing. And the, just the hardware, this, the augmented reality space was not developing as fast as I thought it would. The glasses, the uh, hollows ends were almost two pounds. It was really uncomfortable comfortable they had a cord on them that connected to your phone and i was like there's no way people are going to want to play basketball on this and i just spent the last two and a half years day in day out working on this app and when laith mentioned the idea of like putting a screen on a backboard i my jaw dropped right then and there i was like i gotta stop this this real shot thing and and focus on this because this is we can do this right now we can execute on it i've proven that it's possible that you can play that and then Leith, you know, brought this idea to the table and I was like, yeah, we can definitely do this. It's gonna be a great product. It, it
2: sounded a lot easier at that point than where we are <laughs> now, but uh, it took a lot of hard work and, and execution um, to get to where we are today.
0: For sure. And, and, and I'm gonna I wanna piggyback on that because you both said, and, and Leith, you just said it again, there's one word in there that I think it's important for the audience to pick up on, and that's execution right? Ideas are ideas. I mean, I, I, you know, I start going through right now and reminiscing on all the ideas I've had, um, but all the ideas that are still just kind of floating in the air, right? And so for whoever's listening, that might be uh, thinking of a good idea, whether it's a business idea, a startup or an idea of going pro. I mean, it's an idea until you take action, right? Like it it might not succeed in in the sense of uh, being successful, however you define that, but an idea is worth nothing until you actually take action on that. And so just wanted to highlight that and props to you guys for actually taking action. Um, Okay. So, so the idea was formed and then you took action. So walk me through actually first, first, let's take one step back. And obviously we've talked about, we've talked about hoop and, you know, being the first, the world's first smart basketball hoop. So can you give like a 30,000 foot summary? Um, I, I think Paul, you've, you've kind of I had a couple one-liners before that you summarize it in a, you know, in a great way, but you know, maybe you want to take this, but what, if somebody says, Hey, what is hoop? Tell the audience exactly what is hoop. And then I want to ask some specific questions on like actually how, um, you know, you use the product.
1: Sure. So hoop is the world's first smart basketball hoop with a screen on the backboard that allows you to train like a pro track your performance and play against other hoop users from around the world. Love it. Plain and
0: simple.
2: Yes, sir. that's the best way to describe it. But um, just kind of going to your second point, um, Paul Paul is very humble, but he's also an attorney. I know he didn't mention that on this call. So that that played a lot into uh, how we did start the company. Um, Immediately, like you said, execution. The following day after the idea, we uh, came up with our name in 30 seconds. We decided it was Hoop. Uh, We filed uh, the company. And immediately we started working on IP work, uh, basically our patents analyzing over 900 patents on the market, seeing what's out there. Um, And that was really the genesis of how this all started um, from seeing if this was even possible.
1: Yeah, I think within 24 hours, we had an incorporated C-Corp in Delaware. We had trademark filed for the name. We had a provisional patent filed. And then within 30 days of the original idea, we had a video done. That was one of the first steps we took was we created a video, we used CGI. We found a designer to design what we thought the hoop would look like. And we created a video with CGI that was able to illustrate our idea. Um, we built a prototype, a very crude version of an initial prototype in, a, in my garage in Wisconsin. And uh, within 30 days, we had a prototype and a video.
2: That's and amazing. also, like just on, on the back office stuff, we were listing out, you know, market comps, what are all these basketball hoops uh, Cost on the market what are the premium ones what are the cheap ones let's create a list of investors that we want to hit up we had no money we were bootstrapping everything with our personal funds at the time so paying everything out of pocket but we knew if we wanted to build something great we had to really execute on finding some investors so we found people that really believed in the vision even you know with such a i don't want to say like a, a small prototype but a barely functioning prototype that just kind of proves out the idea and we were able to uh execute on that along with the video Paul mentioned it really helped get people excited so that was a big piece of our fundraising
0: how uh how different is the hoop today from that original video or the original prototype is it like night and day or is it similar to the vision you had originally
1: so very similar very similar we kind of nailed it we kind of nailed it from the start with the turn in terms of design um obviously things changed. you know we played around with lidar at the beginning we played around we had we had six cameras and, and a sensor in the rim at first. Uh, now we're just down to three three cameras and that's it. Um, so we stripped a lot of it down, but the overall design, we, we sort of nailed it right from the beginning. Yeah, the design that's was amazing. There.
2: We're really refining yeah. things for our bill of materials to make this as affordable as possible to as many people as possible. That's always been our goal is to make this as accessible and as you know obtainable by everybody um, as much as we can.
0: So, so I want to ask you. Speaking of affordability, I want to ask you about price. But before we get there, what? Uh, t- talk a little bit about the cameras. So, so where, or, or the actual product as well. So, obviously, you know, it's a. It, there's the video board behind the backboard behind the glass back or as the black the, the glass backboard. You know, you can train, you can shoot, you can do different drills like. Talk a little bit more about the product and wh- where exactly are the cameras? So the cameras are looking at you. Do you have to install something else? Like, you know, if there's a listener, potential customer that wants to install this hoop, like, what does that look like? Do you need to have a certain amount of electricity? What gets plugged in where? Like, talk about the actual logistics of installing a hoop. Uh, so I was going to say a yeah, hoop sure. hoop. Is that, do you say hoop or do you say uh, hoop hoop? Just,
1: just hoop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's just like any other basketball hoop. Uh, if you order a gorilla or a spalling hoop, um, you know, professional installers will come and install it for you. Uh, the cameras are on the top, so there's nothing you have to do. It'll, it'll be installed by professional installers. We'll have a DIY video, but um, that's that's coming soon. Um, for now, professional installers come install it. And the only thing is they'll plug it into an outlet, use an extension cord. You can get it hardwired. That's the only difference is ours is powered electrically. Through through a standard 120 AC three prong outlet, um, and from there you just sync it up to Wi-Fi. You use Bluetooth to connect. So everything's from controlled from your phone. You select training, gaming, streaming right from your phone, and you're you're playing. You don't need any special ball. The cameras are already on the hoop, so it'll be installed for you. And they're at the top of the hoop. There's three that see the wing, top of the key, the other wing. So you track the whole half court. Um, we track your makes and misses, your shot location trajectory, swishes, vertical jump, wingspan, all these cool data points. And then you, we gamify it. So you, you have like three-point contest, free throw contest, horse, all these cool games that we're coming up with every day from people around the world. We have leaderboards. You don't have to play with people around the world. You can just play it and see where you stack up against the rest of the world. You can get training sessions um, from some of the best trainers in the world right from your driveway and and that's how you use it. And then you can also stream your favorite game shows and highlights while you're, while you're playing. And while we're tracking your stats in the background, instead of sitting on the couch and watching the game, you can watch the Bucks Knicks game uh, in your driveway while you're playing or at the gym on the hoop while you're shooting.
0: Oh, wow. That that's, I don't think I knew that. Okay. So that's interesting. So uh, would you have to just basically sign into or, or, or connect with whatever streaming service that you have already, or is that another kind of implemented play in the, in the business strategy there
1: right now you sign into your own. If you, if you got the ESPN app or you got Fox or YouTube um, you sign in and, and stream, but we, we allow streaming from those apps individually.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so this is, I mean, this is really for anyone, you know, like you, you, you can be a, a, you know, a youth player that's starting up. that just wants to work on your shot and get some, get some coaching. You can be someone that's, that's uh, training for, Olympics or for the NBA and anybody in between. Or you could just be a gamer that doesn't really want to do go down a professional path or the college path. And you can just be streaming and playing uh playing fun games and trying to beat your friends in uh, in a $25 game of horse. Exactly. I love it, man. Um so let, let's talk about pricing. Um I'm not going to lie. I remember the first time that we chatted, I was like, wow, this is, this looks awesome. The video's dope. I'm like, all right, so what's the pricing? And when you mentioned it, my first reaction, um, as I'm sure a lot of people do, especially in the, given the state of the economy, like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty highly priced. But then when you think about it, it's actually more valuably priced. And, you know, what is the value you're actually getting for the price that you're paying? Um, In addition to comparing it to other traditional basketball pricing, which I was, you know, a little bit unfamiliar with as well. So talk about the pricing, maybe, you know, both from the perspective of if someone's listening and they want to buy a hoop, you know, what's it going to cost them? Uh, And then also compare that with, you know, your, your, your other options in the market.
1: Yeah. So we're basically giving the hardware away. It costs us of almost $4,000 to build. So all in. So, but you're getting a full training suite to your home. So you get world-class training, real-time statistics, a leaderboard, streaming while tracking stats in the background, and the ability to play with family and friends from anywhere in the world, right from your driveway. We offer form correction, shot location, all these cool things. So we're not just a basketball hoop. We're really taking it up 10 10 notches and giving that all to you, um, a full gym. And some of these training facilities like you've been to, Kevin, I mean, these are million dollar facilities that you can get for $4,000 in your home.
2: Yeah. And just to add to that, like we've spared no expense on premium quality uh, materials for the So You're getting an NBA quality rim, you're getting NBA quality tempered glass. Uh, everything is, is structurally sound and extremely durable. And when, when you're buying a premium product like this, you want it to feel and look premium. And with hoop, you're definitely getting that as well. Definitely.
0: And, and, and talk about the pricing. So, so what is, Uh, Are are there different tiers? Are there different sizes? Or is it all just like one structured pricing?
2: We have pole and wall mounts. Um, It's $39.95 for the hardware, for the hoop itself. And then there's a $29.99 a month subscription to access all the gaming and training content.
0: And and what does that compare with, you know, if someone's out there saying, hey, I want to purchase, you know, a, a, a hoop for my driveway, for you know, when my kids started to grow up, wh- what's the, what are the other options in the market? Is
1: it similar pricing? So there's some gorilla hoops that are already 3,500 mega slam. There, those are the premium uh, in ground hoops, but then when you price training on top of it, if you want to hire some of these trainers um, I think the average AAU parent spends about 10,000 a year on, on their kid, just on average, not, not everyone. But um, when you factor in all the training, everything involved in it, the commuting to and from the gym, you're saving, you're saving money by buying the hoop. And we yeah, do it, operate like a gym where we're paying trainers full time. We're working with them daily. So that's why we have the monthly subscription on top of everything.
0: Right. I, I think all those other variables, when you start to factor in price, um, you know, at least with, you know, I'm, I'm not even talking about basketball related purchases now. It's okay. Well, you're going to pay a price, but how much time are you saving? You know, are you saving time mm-hmm. traveling to and from? Are you saving time uh, or money getting, getting, four different subscriptions when you can actually get one subscription. So yeah, it really is a full suite of services. Um, very interesting. Um, I just had another question that popped in my mind, but it, it, uh, it lost. So I might have to come back to it. So um, m- marketing, I want to talk a little bit about marketing. Uh, obviously you guys have shared with me and I've seen some awesome videos on YouTube, on social media, some dope articles. Um, sometimes for this product to come to market, uh, companies will blitz the market with with SEO and ad spends and social media budgets what uh how much have you spent on marketing so far and what has been the um, you know the uh, main uh, drivers for the let's say virality of some of these videos? We've spent
2: zero dollars on marketing uh, we've run zero ads. we've done zero influencer marketing um, everything has been organic word of mouth uh, we launched like an unofficial launch, let's say about five months ago. And we're, we're seeing the pre-orders come in. Uh, We've done a couple interviews and some clips that went viral. Um, I think people are just seeing this as a product. That's the first of its kind Um, for the first time in human history, people can play sports remotely, real live sports. You're not, you know, on a video game console. You're not in the virtual reality world. You're playing a real sport. And you're able to interact with people from all over the world, compete, see how you stack up on the leaderboard. Um, So I think that just the virality of the product itself and how special it is, is what's allowing us to go viral. Paul, you can probably add uh, more there, but yeah,
1: our philosophy from the beginning was marketing is a tax you pay for building a product that's unremarkable. So we figured, let's go put our product out there. And if it's legit, the world will see it. And that's exactly what happened.
0: I love it. I love that. Um, w- w- what this makes me think of immediately um, is analogous to when somebody asks me uh, just in terms of the total addressable market and the future expansion. So someone will say, hey, you know, you're, you're a college basketball player, you're involved in basketball, you represent players, and, and you know, you always go watch basketball games, but are you, are you ever going to represent other athletes or are you going to get into other sports? And, you know, my answer is kind of like, well, basketball has been my lane, but potentially, right? So for hoop." um you know i start thinking well man basketball's great but you start to talk about uh american soccer you start to talk i'm sorry soccer and then american football um are there other sports that are in the pipeline for hoop coming down uh, in the next 5 to 10 years here
1: yes yes there are you is it a little it. too soccer. early
0: to uh to, to to talk about it or
1: no we can talk about it we're we're building a smart soccer goal as well um we started prototyping it working on it it's it's going to be the very similar product to what we're building on the basketball side with it involves a screen and cameras um but yeah, yes yes we have to we, we really want to you know connect the entire world through sports not just basketball basketball is our flagship product it's it's our personal favorite sports it's something that we have executed on already and we're starting the the next sport which is going to be soccer for us
0: man that's that, that's big time so who's who would you say is your biggest competition or your biggest threat right now?
1: It's the traditional basketball hoop companies out there. Um, we're disrupting the basketball hoop market. It's a it's a great industry with some really great companies that we really admire. Um, we're going to be competing, but it's a friendly competition. We really respect and admire them, but we're, we do have the world's first smart basketball hoop. And every spring and summer when families are bu- deciding whether to purchase a basketball hoop, we're going to be a product in that product offering. And uh, in this product category, so this is our this is our competition. This is the industry we decided to get into. So Spalding, Gorilla, Mega Slam, these companies are you're going to see hoop right in there with. Them. I was going to say those companies better be watching <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> have have they, uh, they I, I, what's that?
2: They, they love it. I mean, they uh, I'm sure they they've seen us. They've they've you know how to look at hoop and what we're building and it's healthy it's, it's healthy for the market you know things have to change and uh, hoop is just the future so you can't really ignore you know the possibility of technology and what that has to offer we've seen it in, in every single industry um, the basketball hoop industry hasn't been changed in in many years so this is this is the first time something like this is happening.
0: I was going to say, I'm sure some of these brands have seen uh, with with the virality, and then also, which I want to talk about in a second, with the team you guys have put together, has anybody um, reached out to say, "Hey, you know, like let's let's partner," or you uh, know, we're interested in in buying you already, or has any of those conversations happened yet? And if so, is that something you're ever interested in?
1: Not something we, um, not yet. We can't really talk about about this yet, but uh, it's just been cool to you know speak with some of these companies and uh, they're incredible i mean what they what they do like their distribution networks what they've built is really impressive and i mean last year in 2021 the basketball hoop industry was 2.4 billion dollars, um, and that's just a testament to the growing how fast the sport is growing on a whole globally and how well these companies are doing so we're and that's just the hoop in that's just the hoop that's right that's basketball hoops 2.4 billion dollars of basketball hoops were sold in 2021
0: Wow, that's crazy. I I did mention so so talk about a little more because uh you know I'm I'm familiar with the kind of a team that you put together. I'm not sure how much you can talk about some of the investors or some of the core team and you know responsibilities, but you know how um, how has that helped open up some doors for you guys? And to the extent that you're 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 uh, able to talk about other investors or other people that are on the core team, um, sh- share some more about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, a uh, couple, couple of the bigger guys we have, uh, Audi Atar, he's like a, a founding, uh, founding investor for us. We, we consider him a co-founder as well. Um, he was an early believer in hoop and what we're building, and he helps uh, open up doors for us. Uh, also, shout out to Aristotle Loomis. He's been a great resource to us on the fundraising side. Uh, great experience. Uh, Thaddeus Young, Trevor Booker, some of our NBA guys, really appreciate these guys as well. Um, But, you know, we we look to all of our investors for guidance and help. Um, And so far, everybody that's been on the cap table has added value in their own way. Um, It's just about extracting that value from the right people and at the right time. So uh, we we really have an all-star team of investors and and also employees. Um, So the the team is looking great right now.
0: That's great. So it sounds like obviously we we jumped back and forth here. We talked about some of your your, uh, your, your backgrounds and then jumping forward into things uh, working out pretty well so far, um, you know, from the original vision of the hoop all the way till today and to, you know, raising money. So my question for you guys as founders and leaders is what has been one of those um, uh, challenges or obstacles that you've hit so far and how have you overcome it?
1: Uh, our Investors were really tough with us on the, at the beginning. Um, they demanded to see the hardware work before we reached any investment. So those that first year was really, really tough for us. We had to go build this ourselves. We all worked for Sweat Equity. We had to find um, partners to work with us for Sweat Equity to start, and we had to go build it ourselves. Uh, I think Peloton crashing in the middle of all this was a, another obstacle we had to overcome. Um, so we... <laughs> we had to, we had to get through that. And, uh, but overall it's, you know, it's been, it's been a smooth process. I mean, we've just, because we're young, our investors put these, these KPIs for us to hit and they were young and we just work through it all and we just go hit them. Um, they've been tough on us, but they've, they've been fair. And I think it's like the perfect recipe for a great team. It's, it is like basketball. Like we're going to win a championship and, um, we're, we're all working together. we, we're trying to win the, the Eastern conference right now.
2: Exactly. And, and, you know, it all goes back to execution and, um, where we started and where we are, you know, there's challenges every single day. It's never smooth sailing. It's never easy, but, uh, you just take one obstacle at a time, crush it, go to the next one, crush it. And when you have the team all working together for one
0: common goal, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. That's so good, man. Well, Guys, as we start to wrap up here, one one question I'd like to hit um, and share with the audience for anyone who's listening that, uh, you know, might want to, um, for, for, for this instance, who might want to start a company in the sports industry, right? Do you have any pieces of advice as startup founders that took an idea and brought it to execution and started a company? Any advice for somebody that has an idea that wants to, uh, you know, bring it to market?
2: My advice would be as soon as you come up with the idea, get started. Um, don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. If you're really about executing this vision and making this come to life, get started right then and there. And that's the biggest, biggest piece of advice I could give anybody is don't talk, just execute um, and, and take it from there. Everything else will fall into place.
1: Yeah. Just to echo that, I, I'd say, be honest with yourself. You know, would you use this product that you, this idea that you came up with every day, like, would you really use it? Um, and I had to be honest with myself about Real Shot. You know, it wasn't perfect at the time. And I was, I wouldn't really use it every day. But when the idea for hoop came and putting a screen on a basketball hoop, I was like, yes, I would use that every day. I would love to watch this. I would love to play with people. I would love to do these contests and these training sessions. And that's when you know you have something is when you personally would use the product every day and just believe, yeah. Once you believe, then get started right away. Don't look back. Yeah.
0: That's a great piece of advice. I think I've heard something similar, where it's like, are you solving a problem that you've had? Like, are you are you actually hitting a pain point that you've gone through, to where you can relate to that, and and you can either solve a problem or use a product um, every single day and take that to market. So. Great piece of advice, guys. Well, you know, I know we jumped around um, many places here. We heard we heard about the product. Um, before I let you go here, where can people find the product? And um, if they want to order one right now or pre-order one, where, where can they go? Obviously, we'll have all the links in the, you know, in the social media stuff there. But uh, where, where can they go to find out more about the product or if they want to be a trainer or if they want to get involved uh, and or to buy Hoop?
2: Hoop.com. uh h u u p e.com You can apply to be a trainer there. You can pre-order your hoop there. Um, for our Instagram, it's at hoop official. Same thing with Twitter at hoop official. TikTok at hoop official. So follow us. Find out more.
0: I love it. Well, last thing before I actually let you go. Now I promise it's the last thing. I have what I call the sports business lightning round, um, and uh, I just ask a bunch of questions. I fire them at the founders, and then you have to hit me with the first thing that comes to your mind. So. Uh, It's the second time. I have some more experience now having two guests on here. So we'll have to go in order for each question. So I'll say the question uh, and then I guess, uh, you know, we'll kind of start like we did before. Um, We'll go, we'll go Paul. And then we'll go late. Right. Sure. All right, here we go. What's your favorite color? Red, red. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys are just two co-founders that are a match. Uh, Do you prefer coffee or tea?
2: Coffee. Coffee.
0: (laughs) Do you prefer pizza or pasta?
2: Pasta. Pasta for sure.
0: Would you rather be able to speak to all animals or speak four languages fluently?
2: Four languages fluently. Four languages for sure.
0: What is your favorite country outside of the one you're in right now?
2: Uh, I love Spain outside of the one i'm in right now uh might have to be france french riviera that part
0: nice what is one of your biggest strengths
1: simplicity keeping things simple executing
0: i would agree with that who is one of the first people to truly believe in you
2: audi audi shout out paradigm sports
0: what is one of your biggest fears
2: failure. <laughs> I'll echo that one. It <laughs> <laughs> keeps me up at night.
0: <laughs> if you could have dinner and drinks with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who's one of the first people that comes to your mind?
1: Steph Curry. Jay-Z. Mm, two good ones.
0: And last question here, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell him?
1: try to come up with a software idea. <laughs> <laughs> Work from
2: yourself from the beginning.
0: I love it. Words from two two founders right there, two entrepreneurs right there. I love it. Well, guys, this has been great. Uh, I'm sure we could speak for for hours more about international basketball and technology products, but uh I will let you go and hopefully next time I'll see you. I'll be uh I'll be well m- maybe I'll maybe I'll see you in person, but if not I can I can maybe I think we might have to get a game of horse going. Can you can you do multiplayer? There's a lot of fun.
1: Yes, we can. Yes, can. we can.
0: Love it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, guys.
1: Thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode or if it brought you any value at all, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me at Kevin Tarka. If there are any topics that you want me to dive into or any guests you'd love for me to have on the show, just shoot me a message and I will do my best to make it happen. Have an amazing day and hope to see you back here soon.